Welcome to the One Life for Life podcast, where we're focused on ending abortion one county at a time. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, this is uh, episode podcast number six, the messaging to the church, and it's hosted by myself, James Carr, and Justin Phillips. We are the uh, missionaries uh, out at our local uh, abortion mill, and uh, so we have our as our guest today. We have our pastor of One Life Church, uh, Pastor Eric Stewart, and he's also the director of One Life for Life Ministries. So, Eric, thanks for joining us today, and uh, this is a very important topic here. So it is, yeah. This thanks. For, I'm glad to be here and uh, excited to do this very important topic. Yeah. So, um, you know, as we've gone through this this past year, messaging to the church, we found out early, early on that this is very important and how to do this. We made a lot of mistakes um, early on. I think we've said that in every podcast, but that's how we've learned is we've made some mistakes. But um, so the first question here, I'm going to ask this. um, What is the way not to message to the local churches and her leaders? Yeah, good, good question. So the way not to message is not to message through like guilt manipulation tactics. And I think it's so easy for us to fall into that. It's like our eyes have been opened to this American Holocaust and we are, are like, all right, everyone's got to see this now. And, and we, we can easily slide into really ma- using guilt manipulation without even realizing it. Like, where is everyone? Why doesn't everyone see this? Why isn't everyone doing this? And I, I think taking that approach to anything, it's just, it's going to put pastors and church leaders and people on the defensive. Um, an important thing is doing it within the context of, of a relationship, doing it within the, the, the context of thinking through if, uh, like for myself, I, I think back I, uh, about two years ago, if I were to think that we would be doing what we're doing now. I would have told you that you're crazy. <laughs> right. Like, dude, you're off, you're off a rocker. You need to stop smoking whatever you're smoking. So we've got to understand from the outside, it looks crazy. Yes. Um, and that's just where it's investing times in the relationships and and uh, is it, so important. So we've got to make sure we're just not always beating a drum of what the leaders need to do and what they're not doing. I, I think it's probably the biggest mistake that, that we can make, so... Well, that's that's really good. You you said um, messaging to the church about through guilt and manipulation. Yeah. Like, what are some examples that you can think of that would be ways of manipulating or guilting the church into doing this? Yeah, I think it's it's basically. Um, I mean, one common example I've heard there's there's people that will go and they'll they'll select a church. 
and they'll say, I'm going to go in, I'm going to lay out to them our ministry and what we're doing for the preborn neighbor. And then if they don't follow through with that, I'm going to hold a sign out front and protest their church. Now that's the extreme example, but it's, 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 it's the idea of just walking into someone you don't know and communicating to them the whole time that like, you're missing the mark, man. You're, you're not stepping up. Do you not understand this need that we have out there? I, I think different things like that. Um, uh, I, I'm, I don't know if that answers the question clear yeah, enough, yeah, but think... it's it's going in with an agenda. Hmm. And when you go in with an agenda, you're always trying to use guilt and manipulation to bring people to your 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 side of the table, rather than going in as a servant of all and building relationships. And I'm trying to lead someone to see what God has caused me to see. So, right. I think uh, when we were at the conference that really woke us up, Justin and I woke up was woke us up. It was an end abortion now conference yeah. out in Tempe. And uh, one of the men said that uh, the church, this is the bride of Christ. This is his bride. He loves his bride. And so they are. we are to woo them into this battle. And um, But we also, at the uh, on the other hand, we have to understand that not every church is called to do the exact same ministry. Yeah. They may be that same church you were just talking about that they're picketing now might be really good at training up missionaries and sending missionaries out all over the globe. Yeah. And that's what they've been called to do. Yeah. Now, can they do something to help in this battle? Yes. And we pray that God will engage yeah. them in that battle. But that's that's something that he has to show them. Yeah, so. it's, it's getting, it's when we get tunnel vision. Right. That what I'm doing is the only important thing out there. And obviously we've got to understand, like, this is, this is an American Holocaust. So like you said, everyone should have a dog in the fight. But it's, right. it's different callings at different levels. And, and that's not our, our job. I mean, they, they answer to God. Right. Not to, not to us. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the second question is kind of the reverse. Like, so that's, um, what not to do when messaging the church is that what, what is the message to the local church and the leaders? So, number one, it has to be similar to what you guys have been teaching at the abortion mill. Again, comes back to this. It has to be rooted in the word of God. Like we, we have fallen prey in the, we, some people use pro-life abolitionists. Like I, we want to see abortion end. Like, I, I don't know. I don't care which camp you throw me in to be quite honest. I, I want to see abortion stop. <laughs> I want to see it abolished. Amen. Uh, and I'm pro-life. So, uh, but it, it can't be rooted in pragmatic emotional arguments. Cause that's what the world does is, is they make their message in, in pragmatic emotional arguments. So like our, our, our answer in our messaging to it has to be rooted in the word of God. And if, if someone's a Christian and God's spirit is working in them, they're going to respond when the word is, is properly taught and explained. And by being rooted in the word of God, it can't just be a, a cursory overview of it. It's like, we have to give some depth mm-hmm. to that of a depth of explanation. Like if I, if I stay, if I just make the comment that abortion is murder, when I'm messaging the church, like a church that hasn't thought about these things, mm-hmm. and I stop there, like I'm doing an injustice to them, because mm-hmm. that sounds radical. <laughs> so it's like I, I have to it has to be rooted in the Word of God, but it has to be thoroughly explained as as well. 
So that is really the key to that. And then uh, the the second thing, investing in relationships. Like like man, I I I want to know if someone isn't going to join me in this fight at One Life for Life. I still want to to know that, like, man, if I see them somewhere, that they're going to come up and give me a hug and shake my hand and not feel like I'm going to think less of them. Like, man, I believe in everyone. I love in everyone. And, and I'm looking for everyone to partner with me. Mm-hmm. But, man, if someone doesn't, that that's, that's not my call. And I, I think that's important. Third thing is something we've been working on and I think we're, we're learning is people have to have a paradigm shift. So it's so important in messaging to the church is providing resources to them to listen to, to read, um, which is stuff we've been working on getting with this podcast and other things, is we need to be able to leave uh, people in the church with, with a podcast they can listen to, some books they can read, some different resources they can plug into, so that they got to have a paradigm shift for them, themselves. Um, so rooted in scripture, built around relationship, and providing with resources is the way that we need to message to the church. And also, let me just add this. At the end of the day, it 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 the church needs us to lead. Amen. Yeah, the church doesn't need more cynics. There's enough cynics out there that can sit back and pick apart the church. What the church needs is for us to be charged in the hill and say, hey, come with us. Right. Yeah. I know yeah. it looks crazy. Yeah. I know it looks dangerous, but we're here and we're going to do this together. That's what we need to do. Yeah. I, I, I love how you're saying that, you know, so the first one was how not to message. And then the second one was how to message. And those are very clear um, ways to do that. One other thing that I thought of, maybe you can expound on this a little bit, is how should we not message to the church and message to the church about women and men that are sitting in our congregation that have had abortions. Oh, uh, that's that's so so important, James. Yeah, I think it's something I've, I've I, sometimes I've, I've probably overlooked. Uh, I try to make sure I, I make a conscious effort of that to know when when I'm speaking on the issue of abortion. There's 25 percent of the people that I'm speaking to that have had an abortion. Yeah, or are directly connected to that. So it. Honestly, it could be much higher to those that are directly connected. It could be up to 40%. Um, so we want to communicate to them when we're talking about such a sensitive issue, we're calling it murder. We also want to make sure we communicate that there's forgiveness in Christ. Amen. Um, that when it, so here's, here's the, the, as a pastor, here's a, a response I'll get sometimes, is that since, and I know a lot of pastors struggle with this, since there's people in my congregation that have had abortions, I can't speak out on abortion and call it for what it is. Mm. It's like, well, hold on a second. How many people in my church were drunkards? <laughs> like no one has a problem with me speaking out on being a drunkard. Right. How many people in the church have drug abuse in their past? No one has an issue about that. Right. How many people in our churches are currently gluttons? Yes. Amen. Man. I mean, I don't yeah. speak out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you, you only speak out uh, on sins you struggle with, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we like no one has issue with that yeah adultery adultery yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yeah we got to speak out on that but this one because some people have done it we can't speak out on it. it's like no yeah. and, and and here's what i found is the only way to lead people into healing true healing from the abortion they've had is to talk about it to, to communicate that it is murder Amen. that yes 
you pre you had a premeditated thought and you hired an assassin to kill your baby. That's the reality. But you know what? Jesus Christ, he did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to yeah. repentance. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. I like the, you know, it kind of goes with the word you, the word we use to call church leaders into the fight. The word we use is what we use at the abortion mill. It's the yes. word because it's God's word will accomplish what he, what he wills, what he has for that word when it goes out. And so that really takes a lot of pressure off of us as, as we're talking to ch- as you're talking to churches and, and the, the moms at the mill is that it's not, it's not our result. It's not, it's his will be done. So we, so we proclaim the word to them and show them what God yes. says and we have to go deep into it and show them and give them resources. And uh, it's really, really awesome. Yeah, well, let the word do the do the work. Yeah, that we get into trouble when we start taking it into ourselves in our own hands, and that's mm-hmm. where it's like, man, the the word is the fork in the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like if if I articulate what God's word says, and and then then articulate that the word teaches that you are responsible to to stop this culture of death to some level, and then you choose not to do it. You're either just disobeying God or you don't have the spirit in you. Like that, yeah. that we have to rest in that. So yeah, yeah. great point. Yeah. And, and because you've had the courage to speak out on this in the congregation, our church has been able to see several women, I mean, that I know of, to be able to heal from this and yeah. have healing in this process. Yeah. And it takes courage because what's one of the first things that come to a pastor's mind when they think, I got to speak out on this? Uh, church is going to split. <laughs> yeah. And the numbers are going to go down. Numbers right? going to go down. And, yeah. You know, so it's a, that's a fleshly thing that I think that we have to fight against. And you've, you've led well in that way and you've spoke out on it in a way that, that there, it's a, developed a culture in our church mm-hmm. that we can talk about it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one of the key speakers at our uh, first banquet was a lady from our church. Yeah. She mm-hmm. shared her heart about her past and that. And and uh, I know that she's way better off today uh, that she has been able to talk through that and been loved th- through that whole process. So mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was a huge blessing to, to hear her share on that. And on that point of thinking through, uh, like as a pastor, you're looking through and say, man, what, what could the outcome of this be? I'd be lying if I didn't say I didn't have those thoughts and those fears. Like, it's like, man, what, what if people perceive that this is what we're doing and they don't like it and it, and, and they, they leave. And here, here's the thing though. This is why it's so important when we message to the church that they have to have a paradigm shift. Cause I came to the conclusion where I said, well, if that's what happens, then that's what happens. Because I was so convicted that this was right. Uh, John Piper, years ago, many people don't know this, participated in the rescues. Like, he actually went to jail. Wow. John Piper, you know? Uh, And he said basically what happened was there was most of the church, the pastors in the evangelical church were criticizing these people doing the rescues. They were sitting in front of the abortion clinics, not letting people go in. When it came to him, he looked at it, and his response was, that is right. Mm. And he went and acted. That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I thought. It's like, man, I, I came to a conclusion. I'm like, that, that is right. Mm-hmm. And that's where we, we, have to lead, we, have, we have to lead the church into having that level of conviction. Because if we're just trying to talk them into it and just trying to, to, to harp on them and to let them know, like, it's, it's not going to work. Because mm-hmm. they haven't had a, a change in their mind and change in their heart and the change to their will. So I know your mentor, 
Warren Woodward, I've heard him say before, if you can talk somebody into it, they can be talked back out of it. Yes. You know, so it has to be something that's that they have that personal revelation of, of themselves, that paradigm shift. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, a person you. convinced against their will is of the same, same opinion, opinion still. Yeah. So. Good. Yeah. All right. The fourth question. So we're going right into the third, oh, the third question. I'm sorry. Third question is what are the common objections that you will hear from the local church and her leaders? There's two. Number one is what are you doing for the mothers? That is always the first response. Um, and, and I know where it's coming from. So I'm, I'm going to try to be sensitive to that fact. And I honestly probably thought it before as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the very first response from most pastors, most people in the churches, most leaders in the churches will ask, well, what, is your, what are you and your ministry doing for the mothers? And um, I think there's a lot of reasons why that's the first thing that comes to mind. Like, I, I think we've honestly, quite honestly, been more influenced by socialism um, than, than we realize. Mm-hmm. And, and we feel this, this, this guilt manipulation that if we're not throwing money at poor people that we're not doing things the right way. And there, there's a whole lot of other things, but he, here's the response to that though. This is the, the conviction that I know we've come to on this. What are we doing for the mothers? The number one most important thing we are doing for the mothers is helping them to not murder their baby. Mm-hmm. Amen. Cause if they go through and murder their baby, here's the result there are significant bio, physical problems, biological problems that will mm-hmm. ensue on them. Many of them leading to they might not be able to have kids again. Right. Um, so there's significant consequences of that. Significant psychological consequences. There's a 200% increase um, in, in mothers who have had abortions for suicide. Mm-hmm. Spiritual consequences... This, they call down the judgment of God upon their lives. Mm-hmm. And for many people, this is one sin that is blocking them from coming to faith in Jesus Christ. It has a significant impact. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree that a person is going to be better off by not being a murderer than being a murderer. Yes. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't care about all the other things. Many of these women, yes, they, they feel like they're alone. Uh, they're struggling financially. Um, it doesn't mean we don't care about those things, but we're right. just saying though, is we can't even care for the other parts. We can't even care for the other things if we don't stop them from murdering their baby. Right. That's the highest priority. That is what we do. Right. Second one is, well, there's a lot of different good ministries out there. So I just need to choose uh, um, in the midst of them. Like your ministry is one of the many good ministries out there. My response to that would be, this is not a good ministry. Mm. This is an atrocious mm-hmm. injustice that is happening. Yeah. I, I don't even know if we should call it a ministry. I mean, we're trying, but it's like, we're just trying to stop injustice. We're trying to stop uh, oppression of the most vulnerable and innocent orphans in our society and culture today. We're just trying to practice true religion as James says, which is caring for, for the orphan and the widow. We're caring for the, the, the orphan here. And many times for a widow who's had no man care for her and love her. So this, 
this is not a good ministry. It's a, it's a terrible injustice mm-hmm. and a hard thing to do. This, this would be like looking at if we live during the times of, uh, of, uh, I, I think the way that England ended slavery is a better example of this. Cause did you know that we're the only nation that ended it through bloodshed, which is an interesting piece of history. If you look through that, but, um, in, in England, man, if, if we, if we were back there and William Wilberforce and John Newton are really campaigning and messaging for the church to, to rise up and to end the, um, the American slave trade. Could you imagine knowing what we know now, looking back and saying, well, you know, there's, I mean, there's a lot of good different ministries we can do. Yours is just one of many. It's like, no, no, this is ending slavery. <laughs> like right. this is, this is different. Um, I, I think they're really, and that's, that's a paradigm shift I've had to have. I'm not mm-hmm. speaking down to anyone. That's something I've had to ha- have a paradigm shift on. Like, I don't know if I should categorize this as a good ministry. It's, it's something we have to do. It's something we're commanded to do. Right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I think the paradigm shift that you're talking about is that really what is the church needs to see. And once they see it, is that the, the baby and put the baby back in the equation, like you're saying, yes. like we have to save the baby. But they, it's like they, they're, the baby's still, they, they know that abortion is, is wrong, the baby, but it's like it hasn't, there's no power power behind it. Like there's a baby dying, you know, and yeah. they, you know, we have to stop this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once they see that, then they, then, you know. Yeah, we forget about the true victim, mm-hmm. which is which is another problem we have in the church. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, sexual abuse and mm-hmm. physical abuse. A lot of times that happens as well. Mm-hmm. Is you forget about the victim, and that's yet again something here where we're for, the the true victim is the baby, right? Yeah, and the perpetrator is the mother, the father, and the workers working together on that. So, yeah, great point. Yeah. Well, what's the temptation you'll you'll face as it relates to your view of the church as you go down this path of waking them up, trying to wake them up? Frustration. Yeah. Heavy frustration. Why don't they see this? Why aren't they more engaged? Why aren't they more involved? Why don't mm-hmm. they get this? So I, I think I think frustration is is huge. And uh again, that comes back to realizing that um we we had to to have our eyes open to this. And if I trust in the sovereignty of God in all things, he's going to open their eyes in it as well. So I think it can be frustration and then like a a discontent, um, being discontent with the church and, and, and looking at the church in that way and and really growing better towards the church and saying, if you would rise up and get more involved, we wouldn't see this anymore, which is true. That's a, I'm not saying we should never say that statement. That's a true statement. But our attitude is, is well, it's my job, my responsibility to lead the church down there. Because right. the moment I, I deflect my responsibility of of doing that is the moment I'm going to be perpetually frustrated. It's mm-hmm. like, no, I'm responsible. If if they're not getting it, you know, God's not opening their eyes, and I'm not leading well enough. I can't control God's sovereignty, so I can control my leadership, and I've got to go back and 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 lead better. But I, I think those are some some common temptations. Another one would be like thinking that. Like we can't think that everyone can do the same thing you guys are doing. Right. Like, like, or even what, what I'm doing, you know, I, I can't think that everyone we should be doing this particular role. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think that's a common temptation. So we have to understand that there's division of labor and mm-hmm. man, some people's calling for this may be to go make a whole lot of money. 
and cut some checks so that we can have (laughs) more of you guys out there. Right. Other people, you know, they they may be uh, great prayer warriors in this battle. Mm, Others, they may be those people that drop by and and bring popsicles and bring food by, and they're they're that Mm -hmm. encouragement. Others may be volunteers, and others may be full-time missionaries. So it's just understanding that just the same thing. Not everyone can be a pastor, not, not like there's, there's division of, of, of labor. And we have, we have to recognize that, that each person has their role, um, is, is vitally important. Cause if we do that, then we're going to want everyone to do what we're doing. And that's just not, that's just not possible. Right. So, and I love the way you said that because it takes, if we could all do everything, then we wouldn't need it each other, yes. you know, and so uh, it it takes leadership at a higher level to be able to incorporate everyone's giftings in their how God's wired them in order to serve in a specific way. And we've got to lead well. We've got to increase our leadership yes. in order for them to to get this to have their aha moment. Oh, this is important. Yeah. And maybe if they're not taking it serious, maybe I'm not taking it serious enough. Maybe I'm not mm. modeling that yes. enough. And so I need to look at myself. So I really like the way you you said that. Um, before we end this, do you have, Justin, do you have anything else you want to add? Or Eric, do you have anything you want to add to this? Or Yeah, I, I, again, I just I think that the church is the key to this. Amen. And um I, we need to lead well, like like you were saying, James. Like our our commitment is to end abortion in America. Amen. And that is to have people. We believe that it's a grassroots movement to have people stationed at every abortion mill across the country, and so that's going to take us growing. And so, in order for the church to to rise up, take my view off them, put it back on myself, and saying, "All right, I'm not the the leader that I need to be in order for that to happen," and to continue to focus on that. Be, be hard on myself. Yes. And easier on others. Yes. And and and, and seek to lead. Um, this it's really the key. And man, we've seen it. It's a crockpot effect. But the number. I mean, we're from from our church. <laughs> it, that not knowing anything about that, and the number of people that are really behind this vision. Right. Our first banquet. We had nearly three hundred people there. Uh, representing 30 different churches. There are to be open, the relationships we've built outside of that. Um, James, you're, you're heading back to Columbus. You're building some relationships there. Right. Um, like just, just some really exciting stuff. And I think if we can, if we cannot go the way of, of many people in, in the, in the, in the pro-life and water down the message. Yeah. And if we cannot go the way of many people on the other side, the, the abol, the abolitionist side of, of, uh, forgetting that, you know, there's a gospel of grace, <laughs> and right. grace and truth. If we can be right there in the middle and be full of grace and truth and continue to lead, I, I really believe that we can be used to, to raise up an army to end this. Yeah. So, wow. yeah, that's great. Well, we have uh, podcast number six. We've talked about how not to message the church, how to message the church, how to handle objections and, um, you know, the temptation that the pastors have. And uh, Pastor Eric, I just really appreciate your dedication and uh, your leadership in this, how you've you've had a heart for this for a long time and you've stepped out and you've uh, took a stand. And I know it wasn't easy. So I thank you for that. I hope this has um, helped everyone that's listened to it and uh, pray that you uh, join the fight with us. Look for you on the battlefield.